Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Hello, hello, it's Fran. Hi guys, I'm doing the intro today. Sadly, we can no longer be backstage at concerts, so I have done a virtual one for your ears' enjoyment. And this is our first sequel. We had so many bands left over after our first pop episode, we decided to do another one and invite a special guest. This week we are with Dan Ball from the Track by Track podcast. So, I hope you enjoy our choices. I enjoyed this one especially, although I did edit out quite a lot of my crap anecdotes. So maybe if we do a Patreon, I can add some of those in. Or just give me an email. Anyway, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Welcome to part two of Boy Bands versus Girl Bands on Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. How have you been since we last met to talk about pop, Fran? I have been listening to a lot of terrible boy and girl bands and I've been learning all the dance routines every single song. I and hope there will be demonstrations, please, on the of Zoom. Of course, we can make our first Thank you. TikTok. <laughs> we're too old. We're too old for TikTok. <laughs> we are, we are. We, it's true, we are far too old for TikTok. <laughs> and um, I was hoping to have watched that Point Break documentary that I talked about last time, uh, but it got to 11pm last night and I thought, no, I'm not going to stay up late to watch a documentary about Point Break just yet. So you're going to have to hold on for my opinion on that documentary, keen as I am to watch it eventually. Last uh, podcast, I uh, had to do Bon Jovi and Skid Row, spoiler, and I had to watch a two-hour documentary on Bon Jovi. You, d- you didn't have to, you chose I, to. I felt like, <laughs> sadly, I, there's some of these bands I'd love to have watched a two-hour documentary, but sadly, you can you can barely even find one music video of some of these, of these bands, so it was a lot easier to research. But uh, we do have a guest this time for part two. We Absolutely. have brought in Dan Ball from the podcast Track by Track. So hello, Dan. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very excited to, to talk about some overrated and underrated pop music, of course, because um, I think on Track by Track, the podcast that I usually co-host, we kind of just do, well, I suppose neither underrated nor overrated. We just, well, it's we just do what we think is great pop music. So it's really good to kind of think about uh, how, how is that music being received and how do I really feel about it? Uh, so the research has been very fun for this. And uh, Babs, have you discovered anything amazing yet? Well, do you know what? I, I was saying to you before the record that there were quite a few bands this time around that I'd heard of but never really bothered exploring the, of, of Dan's pick. So I'm really glad to to have a view now. Um, I found it difficult for this episode, again, to pick overrated girl bands, because I feel like boy bands, you have, there's a, you know, when they're bad, they're really bad, and it's very easy to to pick them, whereas girl bands, there's normally some redeeming feature. 
And, you know, when we talk about overrated and underrated, it, like, it is very subjective, you know, is it, you know, you think they're overrated or underrated? Is it that they got a lot of fame and you don't think they, they deserve it? So, you know, I'm sure from some of your picks, Dan, that they're not necessarily artists or bands that you don't like. It's, you've just gone on a particular song or a particular kind of, yeah, part of their career, right? Yeah, there's definitely some of these where I think I think the band is great. Um, I, I like a lot of their stuff, but just this particular track or a, some a few of their tracks really are overrated. They're not. It's, it's frustrating, isn't it, when a band's best song you know that that's not their best song by a long shot. Yeah, or you know, I always think of how Golden Brown is the Strangler's most famous song, and that barely touches the surface sometimes. So, so yeah, looking forward to get into it. So I add that I have stepped away from choosing songs for this episode. As a gentleman that I am, I've allowed Babs and Dan to take over and I would just give my, you know, opinion when needed. I somehow feel that that's going to make you even more brutal than usual. Dan, you won't have heard the episode last time, but yeah, some of the cases that I put forward, Fran dismissed with an ease that was shocking, frankly. Uh, so let's see how we get on today. <laughs> Look, you hate Crowded House, I hate R&B. <laughs> well, good luck on some of the choices today. <laughs> so let's get into it. Overrated. My first pick from the overrated boys and girls list was Jessie Hold On by Bewitched. So I quite like Bewitched. They definitely inspired many of my denim choices in the in the 90s. But this song just really gets my goat. C'est la vie, Blame It on the Weatherman, Fred Acastra are all fine and good, but I've gone for Jesse Hold On today. So what do you guys think? I wouldn't say it was um, overrated, but I think that's purely because it sounds so much like the first album. So I kind of think maybe it was, I, I always felt like it was very safe song i felt like you know it's always great when a, a band whether it's any any form of band across any genre when they grow a little bit with their music when they do something different and i as soon as i heard just hold on i just thought you know you've not you've bought in that irish jig in the middle eight again so mm. you, you kind of you've found your market and you're sticking with it i think actually later on there's a, a single drummer jump down i think it was where they tried to be a little bit more pop dance and i think by this point it was too late because that mm. i don't even got in top 20 but yeah jesse hold on I, I thought was fine as a bewitched song but it was too much like a bewitched song if that makes any sort of sense yeah like turbo bewitched something like that yeah like quadruple denim rather than triple <laughs> denim. i feel a bit sorry for them because like the spice girls were famous for having their individual personalities and i feel like the bewitched management said okay so um you're irish yeah <laughs> okay, let's go with that. And I literally, all they ever have is like that iris. You must have some sort of jig attached to it. Like, who are the denim? Like, we're gonna dress you up in a uniform where you're all gonna look very similar. Also, two of you are twins, so you literally look the same. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think you're right. They're definitely. I didn't feel that much individual individuality coming from each member. Even though I remember there was the whole scandal, wasn't there? Because Sinead turned out to be like 27 dun, 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 when they formed and she lied and said she was 24 and that was and I remember at the time thinking what kind of fucking scandal is that really but, <laughs> but there we go these Irish pop stars lying about their age is disgraceful <laughs> it's, it's definitely a thing Nadine 
I'm sure Jerry Halliwell did it in when Spicicles first came out. I'm sure she knocked a couple of years off. Yeah. Well, you know, I could I could go on about the patriarchy, uh, but I won't. Yeah, just let let women be the age that they are. Come on, guys. I seem to remember as well that the first four singles all got to number one, and then this was the first single from album two, and I think it was like number six or something, was it? It, it wasn't number one anyway, and I remember thinking, I, this might be the start of the end. Overrated. So Dan, do you want to tell us what your first pick is from your overrated list? So yeah, first pick from overrated is Eternals, I Want to Be the Only One, featuring Beanie Winans. Now, this is definitely one of those ones where I don't think Eternals are overrated by any means. I think there's some really great stuff out there, but this is by and far their biggest known hit, I'd say. And it's chart-wise, it is, it's their only UK number one. And I just I remember even at the time hearing this thinking, this is like this is like mum music. Like Eternal used to be cool. They used to like they were really the early stuff was really kind of American R and B influenced. But this just already felt like a staple wedding song. And I think you will hear it any wedding you go to, you will hear it. And it's great to dance to at a wedding, but is is that a good thing? I don't know. I think that um was this the first single without Louise? I I think it was from the first album without Louise, but I think this was the other thing that makes it weird that it was number one. I think this was single three from the album. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've not heard of uh, Bebe before or since. I hope you're doing well, Bebe. <laughs> Is it Bebe or Bebe? I, I Bebe, Bebe, Bebe. <laughs> cool. Bebe, because he has, I, I did a bit of a Wikipedia research and he's uh, released seven albums with his sister Cece Winans. Yeah, but to me, it was a no, 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 because I'm. Sick and death of this song. I think maybe I've heard it far too many times. It's like a, it's a heart of them staple. I agree with Dan. Yeah, no more. I cannot stand the song anymore. Move on. So I definitely remember it being played everywhere all the time. And I wondered if that was the reason that you picked it because I, I think there's, I don't know, worse offenders out there for, for overrated music. I think it's, it's fine. I prefer Angel of Mine. I don't really remember Eternal pre this because this came out in 97, so I was 10, so I wasn't really kind of, yeah, aware of them being edgier. I think, yeah, I, I know they, they were R&B-esque, so I'm sure I would have been into them. But I just thought, yeah, it's it really was extremely successful, and it's a bit bland. Overrated. So, Babs, your second choice? It is Blazing Squad Crossroads. So I normally love a less clean and squeaky boy band if they're a bit edgy, if they're a bit bad boys, you know, fives, your point breaks, you're in other levels. But I think they came out when I was 15. So I was, you know, in my rebellious teenager phase and probably thinking that I was too cool for boy bands. So I just never really got into it. And when I listened to it again, I just... They're, they're barely harmonizing. The chorus is really repetitive. I normally like it when, again, pop and rap are mixed up, like five, but it just, this one just doesn't do it for me and I, I never really got into the band. I think that, it's may shock you guys, but I prefer this to the original version. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to both, just, you know, for research, and I thought, actually, these guys have got something. When I first got a job at Virgin Megastore, Blazing Squad opened our unit. And Ooh. I was there for eight years and we still had about 80 signposters. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of shows her the career. 
I think that's fine. And I'm a big fan of Marcel from Love Island. Is and he from named, Business Squad? Yeah, although he was called Rocky B back in those days because it's, it's far cooler. Although I can't name, apart from Kenzie, any of the members. Have yeah, I, I, I only knew Kenzie as well. Yeah, because yeah, Ken, Kenzie was... I don't know why Kenzie was sort of handpicked to be the celebrity of the band because he went on like Big Brother and then everything else, didn't he? But um, I, it's never a good thing when... Uh, when you're looking at a boy band or, or a pop band, I suppose, and you're never quite sure how many members there are and you wouldn't notice if one or two was swapped or not there for a performance. I think too much of a, too much of a good thing or too much of a, a thing, probably. Are you a fan of a song? The song, I... Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say I was a fan of it, but I, it probably is overrated because it shouldn't have been a number one. It's not number one worthy, I don't think. Uh, so it probably is overrated. However, I probably also would prefer this to the original which is just not my thing i don't think i've heard the original i don't, I don't think I, I didn't realize it was a cover version so i need to own bugs and harmony i believe i did not i did not do that i did not do my research deeply enough so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go and listen to that and come back. it's one of those, those weird songs when like it was a hit for that band like maybe two years before so it's like why are you covering a band a song that came out like two a lot years of ago? british boy bands did blue did that another level did that um so yeah I think they're just like, hey, American R&B isn't as known as in the UK, so let's just steal that now and uh, and do that. But yeah. I suppose that was like pre-streaming and pre-internet even maybe. So like, there's no way of finding out. Most people wouldn't, if they didn't do the research, they wouldn't know they'd think it was an original. Overrated. Uh, so my next one, One Direction History may or may not surprise you i was never a big directioner but i think they had some they had some okay pop songs i i, I didn't i kind of was quite it's quite good that they were doing so well it's nice to have a pop band at the time that were like a british pop band being worldwide and playing stadiums in america it's quite cool to see that because we had, i don't think we've really seen that since maybe spice girls but uh obviously spice girls are a different beast and we might mention that later but this song i just find this song seems to be a real favorite of directioners and as well I think it's one of those ones that's used a lot on like X Factor moments and things like that and I just don't get it because I just find it quite bland really and just a bit wishy-washy for want of a better term. I think they co-wrote it as well. I think a couple of them yeah. Yeah I like One Direction bizarrely <laughs> um, and this isn't their best song by far it's like kind of like a campfire um, wave your hands in the air to the side. Uh, I like the middle eight, good mid good middle eight guys, but no, it's a bit too strummy, strummy, and it's on the wrong side of uh, bland Babs. Yeah, terrible, poppy, cynical ballad is what I wrote. All of it's cynical, hand caps and harmonising. I really didn't like it. Um, but I'm not a One Direction fan at all. The only song of theirs that I like is Drag Me Down. I think that's a great song. And the Canadian indie band Weaves did a great cover version, which I really recommend checking out. I happily agree with you there, Dan. But yes, what are the good songs? Story of My Life. No, I, I hate that song. I, I really... I mean, yeah. it speaks yeah. to me. What makes it beautiful? <laughs> Come on, guys. Who hasn't no. jumped in? Oh, whatever. Yeah, and Perfect's a great song. I don't know Perfect. Okay. Oh, please, please, people. Listen to Perfect. Solo, they're all crap. Like... I like, I like Harry. No watermelons for me, please. <laughs> as well, but I have to say, I think the reason why this is held in such high regard by the fans is because this is their last single to date. And with all, and I think the music video was like that montage 
best bits thing so I think it's got a place in their hearts like five friends that we talked about yes. in the last episode there we go history repeat. although I did cut that bit out because we do talk oh. about five for 20 fucking minutes guys anyway moving on to Bow's next choice overrated My next choice is The Vamps with Somebody to You. So The Vamps for me are in that category of, oh God, I'm old now. I have no idea who the boy bands and the girl bands are. A bit like Five Seconds of Summer and even The Wanted. I was like, hey, vaguely know what they look like and what they do. And and yeah, I, I just picked this song because I hate pretty much everything about it. It's way too uplifting and chirpy. And listening to it actually made me feel that they were budget One Direction. So I've seen this band live. Thank you. At Art of White Festival, of I, didn't pay, I, I didn't pay for it, and I believe they did three covers. That's how much they appreciate their own music. I think they covered. I love Boys Zone. Yeah. yeah, Living on a Prayer was quite horrible. Oh, I like Busted, but I don't like the Vamps, who I guess are there because of Busted. Um, yeah, it's a, a crap song. I found out that in America they did this as Demi Lovato, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's not for me, Dan. Do you love it? No, I do not love it at all. Um, I think I'm definitely on on the same page as you. And I kind of I heard bits of Vamp stuff, and it all sounded similar to this to me. So uh, never a fan. I haven't seen them live. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid. Oh. To say. Uh, and but I have uh, Living on a Prayer is one of my least favorite songs of all time. So I think Vamp singing that would just finish me off. Uh, <laughs> Take you over the edge. <laughs> absolutely. But I, I was introduced to some of their new stuff last year and I listened to it thinking this is going to be awful and it was actually okay. So mm. it's better with age, but this is... Uh, this is yeah, because I think this is from their first album. So would you say that if, if we wanted to give Ramps a shot, we have to go more recent? So I just quickly checked then and, and the song that I got introduced to was Married in Vegas. Um, I haven't listened to any more of the new album, but I was really Im- Im- impressed. Yeah, I was impressed. Much better than... than uh, Somebody to you. A lot of people don't enjoy the first Raidhead album, so you know maybe the Vamps are gonna be making their things. <laughs> Who knows? Overrated. My third choice is Sugar Babes about you now. I don't think Sugar Babes are overrated. In fact, I think Sugar Babes are one of the best girl bands ever. But this was huge and in fact i think this was the first uk number one purely based on digital sales or something along those lines and it was number one for four weeks i believe and i wouldn't even put this in my top 10 sugar babe songs i think like freak like me run for cover uh even um what did mks do i'd even include that flat line this is just too generic for me it just it could have been any other girl band doing it Mm. Was this their first as the third version of Sugar Babes? So this was the first from a brand new album of that version, but I think there was a crossover period during promotion of the album before. So Red Dress, if you remember that one, Mm. they re-recorded with Amel uh, and another single after that from the last album. I don't mind about you now, but listening to it again and again and again today... I um, I get what that means. It is their most basic pop song because the Super Babes always had a bit more than other bands. I think it was a bit more cooler. And this is yeah, this could be the Saturdays basically. So I I agree. I I mostly agree. Yeah, I 
I was surprised because I think there are worse songs. I really don't like Ugly, for example. And can I just say, I only realized <laughs> doing research for this that they have an album track called Joy Division, which really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we talked about Sugar Babes in the last episode because Fran managed to sneak in Song for Mattia by, uh, by Groove Armada and Mattia. And I was like, what is this? This isn't girl bands. So yeah, I was, I was kind of hoping that you'd picked it because you know you thought it was a bad sugar babes song rather than you didn't like the sugar babes because yeah we 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 definitely like the sugar babes uh fran and i i thought it's it's not a great song again i thought was it because it was everywhere that you picked it because it was everywhere but i i i, th I think it could be worse i think i think literally any any single song by the saturdays is worse than this so yeah. i love i love ugly i'm i'm shocked <laughs> it speaks to everyone out there who's who was ugly <laughs> I, pre I, pre I prefer Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Overrated. So yeah, my next pick, guys, it is the cheeky girls with the cheeky song, Brackets Touch My Mum. So when I picked this song, Fran was like, uh, does anyone actually rate them? You know, why are you picking them as overrated? Well, first of all, the song has had over 3 million plays on Spotify, so... Clearly people rate them. And Fran, I saw you posting about this on social media and someone said it was great. So point proven. I picked this because yeah, I think I think it's not a great song. If they had been a novelty Eurovision act, fine. You know, they would have sung this song and that would have been fine. But there was definitely a period where it felt like they were everywhere. And then Gabriella dated Lembert Opic and that was really weird. So, you know, I picked it for all of those reasons really like not a great song they were everywhere for seemingly no reason and yeah like i don't mind a bit of cheese but this is not it uh i was thinking how funny would it be if i now said no what this is underrated <laughs> <laughs> how dare you <laughs> i'm uh, leaving <laughs> <laughs> this yeah it's uh it really is the lowest form of pop music i'd say the thing that baffles me still about this song and I think their next song take your shoesies off I think it was called is that their mum wrote their songs for them which is just lovely isn't it is she for hire I mean she's had some big hits guys <laughs> yeah I mean I simply said East European Veneta yeah yeah and I think you'd be correct yeah because yeah um, I mean we we know the song let's move on from the cheeky girls guys let's move on <laughs> Move on. Okay, good. We're, we're all agreed. Um, so yeah, Dan, where are you taking us next? Overrated. So uh, this is JLS beat again. I the thing I really don't like about this song, and I would say actually, I'm not going to say like I did say for the last few artists, I really like JLS. I think they've got some great songs. I think they've maybe got one or two okay songs. But the thing I really hate about this one is the overuse of the whole like doctor's diagnosis thing. And I hate it when a band or certainly a pop band in a song kind of has a theme and just hammers it, hammers it, hammers it. And there's, there's lines in this song about, I need love CPR because it's getting cold. And that's, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense for one. I'm not a doctor. That doesn't make any sort of sense. And then it just gets really heavy and depressing. They're singing about, if I died, would you came to my funeral? Um, what, really? <laughs> yeah, that, that opens verse two. So I just think, <laughs> not only is it a bit generic R&B boy band, but it's kind of just, yeah, depressing as well. 
Like, that actually that actually makes me like them more. If they're talking about going to a funeral on a pop song, that's actually quite original. <laughs> Denavis is the same guy who wrote History by One Direction. Wayne really? Hector. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you've got a point to pick with them. Um, I I think JLS about seeing their dance moves and flips doesn't count for me. So um, audibly, I, I'm not a fan of JLS, but it's really not my kind of thing. So no for me. Yeah, JLS passed me by because, yes, this is from 2009. Like, that was post-uni time for me. And I think between 2009 and 2012, I was, like, the least tapped into popular music uh, because I hadn't quite uh, got into... Well, Spotify didn't exist. I was using YouTube, but, yeah. So I thought I didn't know a single JLS song. And then this played, and I was like, oh, no, okay, I do remember this chorus. I thought it was fine. Again, I, I, I don't think I was kind of insulted by any of your... Uh, overrated picks, Dan. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't like, absolutely, this is terribly overrated. I think we, we might have more of a bone to pick on the underrated. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, I thought it was fine. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go and check out the lyrics now that you've talked about the funeral. So, yeah. Overrated. My final overrated pick is 98 Degrees with I Do, Brackets, Cherish You. I picked a lot of songs with brackets, I realised. I don't, I don't know why, but there we go. So why did I pick this song? I 98 Degrees, again, a band that I knew of, but never really properly got into. All I knew about it was Nick Lashy, or Lackey, however you pronounce it, who was married to Jessica Simpson. And I remember that famous scene in their newly, newlyweds show where she asked him if tuna is chicken or fish or chicken by the sea, which was very amusing for everyone. But when it comes to their music, I don't think it's great. And I think this is a very cynical boy band ballad. I just want to share, just while we're sharing favourite Jessica Simpson moments. <laughs> Please. I, I can't remember, was it, it, yeah, Newlyweds, wasn't it? And yeah. she went shopping and she brought back a candle and she smells it and she says, oh my God, I love that scent. And then someone says, oh, what scent is it? And then she looks at it and she says, oh, it's unscented. That, <laughs> that, has lived with me. I've only seen that once, 20 years ago, whatever, that's lived with me. Yeah, I, I, for, I hadn't seen the clip until I was doing the research for this episode. And I was like, oh, it's 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 so good. It, it's, it's just as you remember, I think. But I completely agree, 98 Degrees, I just remember thinking they were just a bland version of American boy bands, basically. And this doesn't do anything to help that. The only other song of theirs that I really remember, I think they featured on a Mariah Carey song, yeah, not good at all. I think I knew them via Blink on it too, because they're spoofing all the boy bands and some of the videos, I had no idea what band it was from. I've been doing research, I found out it was a 98 degree song. Mm. That's literally where it started and ended for me. Um, yeah, really, I hate the whole like, in the, in the late 90s, you had, you had the whole like sexy force constipated vocal, I guess, <laughs> like, Oh, I want that sort of like, uh, yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy that we've gone past that. So yeah, it's a no again. Overrated. So next, a final pick from me on this one. Girls Aloud, Love Machine. I think I've already coined my own catchphrase here because I don't dislike Girls Aloud at all. In fact, I think they are a fantastic girl band. But this song... I actually find it a little bit annoying. Well, this this was the second single from the second album and written by Xenomania, who wrote the vast majority of their songs. And before this uh, came the show, if you remember that one, which is a bit more like generic electro. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and I think this, they were really pushing, I think Zenomania are really pushing their playful side and being even more experimental with the lyrics and the like guitar work, Zenomania's guitar work is always really good and like surprisingly so I think in pop songs. But for me, yeah, I just think it's, um, I, I just I just think there's so many better Girls Aloud songs, even I think Biology maybe came after this, I'm not quite sure of the timeline, but Biology is fantastic, The Promise is great. And I think this, again, I think this is a fan favorite. And for me, as a Girls Aloud fan, not a favorite at all. I say this is in my top five Girls Aloud songs. See, I like the 50s guitar. I enjoy that part of Girls Aloud having like some more actual instruments rather than the keyboard. Um, yeah, the lyrics are absolutely, like what does Let's Go Eskimo mean? <laughs> Breathing underwater. I love how it feels. What, drowning? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I yeah, have I, a question that's amazing. <laughs> all right. We all love drowning, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's another wedding disco favorite. It's got a great sexy bridge, and I love it. So. Sexy bridge, okay, that's a new one. <laughs> sexy Perhaps. bridge, uh, yeah, no, no opinion on the sexiness of the bridges. Um, so it's not one of my top five girls without songs, but it is one that I like. I would say, Dan, that this is better than literally any of their ballads because I, I love Girls Around, but I hate all of their ballads. And this one is not one of my, it's not one of my, it's no sexy, no, no, no. It's no something kind of ooh. But, you know, it's 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 a decent Girls Around song. But yeah, let's, let's not talk about lyrics for Girls Around because, I mean, biology and the, the dancing in that video, absolutely insane. But, but yeah. I feel I've got to say Justice for Life Got Cold, though. That's a great ballad by them. I mean, it... If you if you call call the shots a ballad, then I, I really like call the shots, but um, that's the only one. I'm not I'm not a fan of life got cold. Okay, well I think we're all fairly much agreed on on overrated, so it'll be interesting how we see how we, we get on in the underrated. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. And that is the end of part one some controversial choices. Should babies overrated? Hmm, not so sure. But what do you think? And will you agree on our underrated choices? Let's find out now. Underrated. So, Dan, what's your first underrated pick? First from me is Bananarama's Preacher Man. This, I think, is actually, I think it's just not even an underrated Bananarama song, an underrated pop song of the last few years. It's such an experimental thing for Bananarama to do. They were playing with like progressive house beats at the start. When it starts, you would not think that was a Bananarama song if it was the first time you heard it. And of course, it was a really interesting time for them because this was from their first album with a new member, the lovely Jackie O'Sullivan replacing Siobhan. And it was the first album post Greatest Hits, which is, of course, like always a time for a band to refresh. And I just think if you ask anyone, like everyone knows some Bananarama songs, everyone knows Cruel Summer and Venus and Robert De Niro's Waiting. And I think most people wouldn't know this song. I think it was an OK hit in the UK. But it's so good, in fact, that when they did the original lineup tour with Siobhan, few years ago she wanted this song on the set list even though she didn't record it because she just thought it was such a good pop song so yeah I'm dying to know what you do think of this one. Do you know if it's produced by youth? Yes yes so I think it, he just brings a new maturity because all this this was the first non 
uh, Stock Aking and Waterman thing for a few years, and I just love that what he brings to it. See, I think the song's a classic, and I thought it was more of an 80s song. I didn't realize it was in the 90s. What a great song. Good pick. So I knew the Banana Rama classics. I think my, my favorites are definitely Venus. I'm really saying something as um, one of my favorites, but I'd never really bothered exploring beyond that. I guess I just I wasn't into them that much. I was surprised that this was their fifth album. Like that is longevity for, for a girl band. I liked it, but I didn't think it was, let's say, life changing. Um, I enjoyed the harmonica solo as for the novelty of it, like it was unexpected and stuff like that. But yeah, I I wasn't like blown over, let's say. But uh, but yeah, I, I can be very impressed by their achievements and, and how long they, they went on for. Yeah, they've been going for what, 40 years now, is it? Banana Rama? Yeah, like early, early, yeah, early 80s, wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah. And it still looked amazing. Babs. Underrated. So, my first underrated pick is From the Heart by Another Level, which, Fran, I'm sure you're surprised that I picked this song because I, you know, as I said, I normally hate ballads, especially boy band ballads. And it, I was really torn between choosing this one or Freak Me because Freak Me, very much an awakening of my teenage self, I was like, whoa, they're being very sexual. There's a man who has like muscles, but glasses as well. Shout out to Wayne. Like I was just, yeah, I, I was there. Anyway, but I picked this one precisely because it is so rare for me to enjoy a ballad. And I think Another Level had some fame, but they don't get enough recognition, especially for their voices. They have good voices, especially Dane Bowers, who has a great voice and a great range. And I think because of you know going out with Jordan, Katie Price, and because of the Victoria Beckham song, which got panned, but I, I don't understand, like Out of Your Mind is a great song. I think Buggin' is a great song. But anyway, yeah, I, I really like this one. What do, what do you think? I love it. I think it's an amazing boy. I think it's one of the best boy band ballads ever. Uh, and of course it was from Notting, was it from Notting Hill? Notting Hill, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a, that's a great like rom-com soundtrack if that is a genre. Yeah, I, likewise, I always thought it's such a shame because they were on this, like it, felt, it felt like an amazing journey. And then I think two members left around this, like within days of each other and that not long after this one probably, and then it just kind of the other two, well, why would they want to carry on with two or get two new members? So likewise, I think it's such a shame that Dane Bowers, a really amazing musician, he's now doing like these random boy band members getting together to tour hotels in the UK and stuff like this. And obviously he's done all the celebrity stuff. And it is a shame because when you hear his voice on this, it's, it is, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I knew him from the sex tape. And then I found out he could sing too. Um, I... <laughs> Had never heard a song in my entire life. You're joking. How how did you miss this? It was huge. I was probably listening to like, you know, Manson. <laughs> um, like, I had no idea that Notting Hill had more wow. than one song. Amazing. I, I, I'm really shocked, <laughs> like genuinely. Like... And they had two albums. I, I thought they did like one song, like, and that's it. Like, I was, yeah, I, I was baffled about how popular they were. And yeah, why did they break up so fast? What happened between them? Like, was there some sort of like fisticuffs or something? It's really weird, isn't it? How two left men like game over, Dane's one solo. Yeah, it, it was fine. It, I, it's really, oh, 90s R&B is my least favorite genre along with Afro. This isn't, jazz. this isn't R&B. Uh, isn't not R&B. No. There's like, you know, okay, maybe on the, maybe on the harmonizing, but like the, 
you know, there isn't a beat. So yeah, but it's the uh, it's the you know let's, let's bring it down, baby, and <laughs> sort of uh, ballad. <laughs> so yeah, I, it was it was surprising to hear they had another um, song, and it's not bad. Underrated. Uh, so Dan, what are you going for next for your underrated pick? Next, I am going for Girls on Top by Girl Thing. So Girl Thing, for anyone who doesn't know, were supposed to be the next Spice Girls. Simon Cowell was behind this idea. And, uh, and obviously they weren't because their first single, which came before this, got to number eight. And then this was a follow-up, which got to number 25. And then that was that for them because their third single actually was going to be pure and simple, but then it got given to Hearsay and uh, the rest is history with that. But I think it's, it's such a shame because this song is, you know, I think it's a great pop song. It's obviously loads of elements of disco in it. It's so, I find it really difficult not to, I'd say not to want to dance this. I'm not gonna say I do dance to it every time I hear it. I don't even play that often, but playing it today before this, I, I just thought it's such a, this should be a wedding, a staple wedding song. This should be there instead of Eternals. I want to be the only one. And what's in, what I found really interesting about the fact that they didn't make it as well is that uh, the, the writing team behind their album was also the writing team behind Spice Girls albums. So like Biff Co and Absolute. So it's one of those things where there's no, there doesn't seem to be a logical reason why it didn't work out. Because, and as well, they came around the time as Spice Girls were kind of starting to implode. So it sh they should have been like just slotted into people's, you know, posters on bedroom walls and things like that. But obviously it wasn't meant to be. As we've mentioned quite a few times, the uh, big reunion, the second season was Gelfing, and everyone's like, "Who the fuck yeah. is Gelfing?" <laughs> and that's when I found out about them, and that's when I saw her being really bitter about the pure and simple being taken away from them because that was their big shot. Have you heard their version of pure and simple? I feel like I maybe did a, l a long time ago. I, I should listen to it for today, shouldn't I? <laughs> it's not as good as hearsay, so they they did well for passing on to hearsay. I think it's fine. I think the woo hoo could get slightly annoying over time. Babs? Uh, yeah, so I did know Girl Thing before, um, although I think I found out about them from knowing Jodie Albert being in Hollyoaks, uh, which took me down a right rabbit path when, when I was researching this of like, oh yeah, and Dan Hunter, who was the actor who played Dan Hunter? Oh yeah, he was really fit. But anyway, I thought the disco inspiration was interesting and the, the harmonies uh, and the bells, um, but I much prefer Last One Standing. That one reminds me of like, the summery breezy vibes of Got the Feeling by Five. Again, a bit like Bananarama, I agree with you totally. This is this must be a great song to dance to with some absolutely nonsense lyrics as well. I wrote them down. Cuckoo, out of your brain, going insane. You're like a seesaw up and down, round and round. We got the chi-chi, keeping it clean, digging the scene. What? what what's going on? <laughs> it looks like a random word generator, uh, you know, like a one-syllable word generator or something like that. It, it was a bit mad, but I but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but I still prefer Last One Standing to, to Girls on Top. Underrated. What's your next pick, Babs? Say It Once by Ultra. So did either of you know this band before yes. I picked it? You did? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they had a few big songs. This one... Say You Do and Rescue Me, which I think I have from all the CD singles, but they didn't really seem to make much of a mark, which is a shame. I think they're quite interesting because although they're definitely marketed as a boy band, 
they kind of rejected that label a bit because they they weren't put together like a lot of these bands and what's been interesting with this episode is figuring out why the hell some bands broke up because I guess you know if you're not a band that's come together naturally it, it must be much more difficult unless you have some kind of terrible contract to kind of keep you together and Fran did you know that they called themselves Ultra after the Depeche Mode album? Well this is why I know them because I remember this came out very soon after the album and I'd see posters of Ultra thinking oh, the pe- oh not Depeche Mode. <laughs> yeah very very different vibes to Depeche Mode so it's quite interesting that they they did that so yeah, I, I picked it because I thought they were a boy band who should, should have been much bigger. They were all very good looking, which is always a hit. What's quite random as well, I, I'd seen this video before, but they, have you guys heard of the Italian singer Laura Pausini before? Mm-hmm. So she's she's sold 70 million records, I found out, uh, but never really kind of broke into the, the English speaking world. But yeah, they, they duetted with her on like an Italian TV show. And I'm like, that's quite a random, I mean, I'm wondering if it's like a label thing they were on the same label or something like that but yeah it was quite funny re-watching that video because it's a video where they're singing in English that they subtitle it in Spanish I think because she has quite a big Spanish following and then all the comments are in Portuguese Spanish and uh, Italian so I'm like okay so they definitely made their mark kind of outside of the UK so maybe they weren't as big in the UK but were big outside and when they made the second album because they did in 2005 I had no idea I listened to a bit of it and it's it's decent yeah I I thought all their singles from their first album were good and and they should have been bigger uh than they were Dan do you uh have good memories of Ultra? I have limited memories of Ultra I, I do remember this song and I remember this was around the time when you know I would read a lot of like Top of the Pops magazine or Smash Hits magazine, because you know I was massively into pop music then. I think I was at that time I was maybe too young for Q and NME. You know, I was still listening to pop music at that time. I always had. I remember defending it, saying it's not a girls' magazine. It's a you know it's a pop music magazine. Mm. And sometimes it'd be like free glittery eyeshadow on the front, and it's really difficult to keep that fence <laughs> up and not use it all up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, it's, it's a shame they were one of those boy bands that. Yeah, came and went, I suppose. And maybe I'm just wondering now, actually, if they had named themselves after Violator, maybe it's <laughs> not black celebration. Um, it's, it's funny you mentioned how they were big abroad because I went to um, Milan in about 2003 and Blue were like, oh, yeah, were like you two in Milan. <laughs> I had no idea how big they were abroad. That's why I thought Blue would have won Eurovision because I thought, well, the massive obviously in Italy. So that's you know, what I thought. I thought as well. Yeah. Alas. Uh, it's sorry. Can I just say, Fran? It's funny you say that. I've just gone on Ultra Spotify, and the top city for Ultra is Milan. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I read that they played their instruments, but on these songs, yeah. it's not exactly guitar based, is it? Really, you wouldn't really know. Well, go go and watch the video of them duetting with Laura Pausini because yeah, they're there. They are they're like the lead singer singing, but the rest of them are playing the instruments. I just remember the guy with the perfect curtains. Like oh, Nick of course, Carter. Like the classic, the classic uh, boy band haircut. Which if only I could pull off that curtains. Up. <laughs> I think there's just far too many bands like them around. Maybe. Are you not enamoured with like you know the classical guitar? And I, I think I also associate. I have to say the song with a music video where generally they're on a boat in the sea, and it just evokes kind of nice summer summer memories. Yeah, what, what an image I'm evoking. Like, yeah, I'm in quarantine right now, so like I'd literally rather be anywhere than in my house. Um, but there we go. So yeah, Dan, do you did you you thought they were fine? I thought yeah, definitely. And I'm just thinking now, 
I, because I listened to the song, but I didn't watch the video today. So, I, and I hadn't heard the song for years. And I think in my memory, they were a typical boy band. I didn't realize, again, I didn't realize that they were playing instruments and stuff. So maybe they were more like A1 in that kind of thing. Did they, did they move more towards that kind of, I guess, instrument? I think it was the same time as well, right? Like this is from 1999. Um, well, yeah. A1 was 98, I think, but yeah, maybe, it, you know, we've discussed this before of sometimes when a band is picked to be the next X because that's in fashion actually that's the worst thing that you can do because the market is saturated and, and the best thing to do is to present something completely different and I know you did Caught in the Middle on the last boy band episode and it is completely it's an amazing song so good and so is, uh, is, is Make It Good as well I think both yeah. great pop songs Underrated Next one from me is Fix, Love Revolution. Uh, so Fix, if you don't know Fix, they were the band that didn't win Pop Stars, The Rivals. They're the sort of Liberty X to uh, One True Voice. And I just love this 80s sound that they're going with and they went with throughout their short-lived career. Um, so much so that actually on, on, the sing on the CD single of this track, there was a remix by Roger Taylor from Duran Duran. And I remember getting it from the record shop and on, it was a massive sticker on the front saying, Duran Duran's Roger Taylor remix. <laughs> um, and then the next single was a cover of Wild Boys. So they obviously really, perhaps they were Duran Duran fans or perhaps that was a coincidence, but I love the 80s sound in this. And I, and I don't think other boy bands were doing it at the time. So it was quite a unique thing. But yeah, this was their second single. It got to number 13 and they had a couple more and then they, faded away which is a real shame i remember the wild boys cover and was not a fan of it but did this come out after reach out for the sunshine was that quite close to that release i am trying to think that this was 2004 i think and that was 2004 wasn't it so yeah around, around the same time so duran duran had just had a big comeback and i think maybe thought oh let's try out some duran duran love i enjoyed a robot don't know what his name was but he figured <laughs> quite heavily <laughs> But I remember really, really liking, I think the first single, is it Hold On Me? Yeah. And that's really electric pop. And I thought that should have been a massive hit. But sadly, I think they, although we did better than One True Voice, bizarrely, even though yeah. they, were the, they were the losers of the competition. Um, yeah, sadly, I, 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 I can see why they uh, didn't make it big. I also don't think they had the, the look of a lot of other boy bands. They weren't maybe as young and attractive as like McFly, for example. <laughs> maybe didn't help him. But um, Babs, have you heard a song before? Thank you, Dan, for introducing me to this song because Fix were a boy band that I'd heard of. I knew nothing about it. So I went in there with a completely like blank slate. It's, it's insane. The song is absolutely insane. What the hell is going on? It's like three different songs in one. I absolutely loved it, apart from the chorus. Uh, the key change, I'm like, what, what's going on here? Uh, I, I much prefer like leading into it. So anytime the chorus came on, I was like, oh, but every, every other part of it, I, I love it. And I, I thought it was incredibly original, but yeah, maybe a bit too original if they're trying to be a mainstream boy band, they're, they're doing a lot. Um, so I'd, I'd love to like create a version of the song for myself without the chorus. That would be my, my dream. So thank you. <laughs> I do love it when, well, I love it. it's a really strange thing when you love a song, but the chorus is your least favorite part, isn't it? Because normally that would be the highlight of the song. 
yeah. quite a few times uh, on this podcast, like, especially again with Crowded House. Like when when I was listening to Franz List, I'd be listening to a song and I'd be like, okay, yep, yeah, I'm I'm into it. And then the chorus would come and I'd be like, oh. and I, I guess you know it depends how you're building a song. You know, sometimes the chorus is very different and it works, and and sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, for this one, it really didn't, but the rest of the robot madness, uh, you know, made up for it. Underrated. So, um, Babs, next choice. So my next choice is Days Like That by Fierce. So, you know, when I was putting together this list, I was like, I've got to go to the 90s. I, I didn't realise literally... All of my songs, are four are from 1999, one is from 1998, which just shows my age. I was nine and 10. Prime boy band, girl band time. I'd forgotten how much of a banger this song was. I think of all the songs that I picked, I once I picked this, I then listened to it nonstop for, for ages. I just thought it was quite original. Fran and I were talking before the record about how so many of these bands are quite mysterious and Fierce is definitely one of them. So. They had four hit singles in 1999 and 2000, but to find like literally any information, I had to go to a blog called rareandobscuremusic.wordpress.com. Big fan. To, to find out any information. So I found out that Aisha Peters from the band, she went on to pursue a solo music career and she's released a few other songs that are very different. Like one's a bit disco, one's a bit reggae, one's a bit more of a of a ballad but yeah I think all all the songs that they released were from this album the most famous one obviously being Sweet Love 2K the, the cover version and I just cannot believe how quickly they disappeared after ascending so high. I'm so glad you mentioned Sweet Love 2K because first of all that is probably my favourite fear song but also I love how everyone was putting 2K on the end of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah days like that I think it's, it's yeah it's a really nice kind of R&B tinged girl band pop song. And I think this was maybe the time kind of post Spice Girls when there were so many girl bands coming out and they all had to try and have their own thing going on as well. So these had this, but also I think around the same time, Honeys were, mm -hmm. thing, right, I think. Um, Even though they were way more down-tempo than, uh, than Fierce, I would say. Like, I, yeah. I know, I, I really associate Honeys pretty much with Finally Found and that's very ballady uh, and this, this isn't something you know there's there's some edge there fierce seems to be more upbeat and uh yeah i like the track i think yeah i think probably is underrated actually yeah i think it probably has got lost in the midst of time when like you said there's a lot of artists that had a short-lived career and then not only can you struggle to find out anything out about them online but also their their songs might be on random compilations on spotify yeah. Like that. Or not on Spotify sometimes, which you're like, oh, but I want to listen to that one song that was on now 35. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a this is a nice song. Thank you. Yeah. Fran, I'm sure you hated it. I thought it was pretty good, guys. And I know, I like that's what we found it. Hallelujah. It's, um, yeah, who knew I was a fierce fan? I better get my wow. Amazing. I will call up Aisha and the girls and tell them. Could it have maybe be a bit too mature for that market? It's got that sort of like baby face production, those sort of guitars and loops. It could remain be or be more successful under like, you know, maybe like struggles for 90s R&B names. Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that somebody? Brandy. Yeah, yeah. Brandy yeah, Monica, yeah. the boy's mine. Yeah, it. maybe, you know, if it's under their name, it could have been a bigger hit. Maybe that's what happened. Like it was a bit too mature for the, uh, although you liked it, but maybe other preteens thought, oh, maybe not. Yeah, and I mean, I liked it, but I, you know, I didn't analyze it in depth like I'm doing now. I thought, 
oh, this is a good song. And it's only actually like really, I listen to it obsessively. I'm, I'm thinking I've got it in my head now and I'm going to go and listen to it again as soon as this is over. And like I've made a note to kind of go back and listen to the album because, yeah, I, I do like Sweet Love 2K and the other ones as well. Yeah, I remember the cover, Sweet Love 2K, definitely. But yeah, never had it before in my entire life until today. Thank you. Oh, welcome. Oh, how nice. Underrated. Dan, what's next? O-Town's Love Should Be a Crime. So O-Town uh, put together through Making the Band in 2000 or 2K. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they were like one of the first bands put together on TV or certainly kind of around this time before Hearsay and all that kind of thing. And I wasn't a massive fan of their earlier stuff. I think they were trying too hard to be maybe the next NSYNC or maybe the next Backstreet Boys. But this song, I just think it's it sounds, it doesn't sound like a boy band song to me. It sounds like, well, it sounds very much actually at the start, like Strong by Robert Williams. And then I looked into it and one of the co-writers, Desmond Child, he co-wrote Old Before I Die by Robbie, as well as stuff like I Was Made For Loving You by Kiss and Alice Cooper's Poison. So the names behind this song clearly aren't your standard Backstreet Boys or 98 Degrees or anyone like that. But yeah, this was the final single from their debut album. And I think they didn't, have a massive career in the UK. I don't think this song did very well here at all, but it's all, it's one of those songs that I think I played it a lot when it came out. I think I got the reduced CD single actually, so I didn't love it enough to get full price, but I got <laughs> it the bottom row of Asda. But it's always kind of in my head, this song. It's, it's, I've never forgotten the song or the lyrics. I remember the programme and I watched it loads like um, back in the early noughties. Um, I mentioned, mentioned to Babs earlier, do you remember there's a British version of a band called Orange Orange? Did, were they from making the band? I remember them. Yeah, they were like like an ITV two or ITV like spin off version, but obviously they never hit big at all. Anything like O Town because they were called Upside Down first, right? Yeah, and then yeah. changed it to try and be more edgy. Whatever. <laughs> I do enjoy a song. I I was a big fan of O Town's other hits, All or Nothing. Yeah, that was a big ballad, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a bit of a smash. There were another band. Many of these boy bands and girl bands would always have a self-titled debut album. This is always a, a thing for some reason. You mentioned Des Charles, but he also wrote for Bon Jovi for the past <sighs> 30 years and Excellent. still does write songs for Bon Jovi, that, that naughty, pesky boy. Yeah, it's better than most. I think it's quite brave to have a crowd section. If you do that to an audience who aren't fans, it's one of the most awkward things. And I have seen small bands support a big band and then do that section to no one clapping, which is horrific. I am a fan of that song. Um, Babs? So, I'm really sorry, Dan. You've been so nice till oh, now. No. Um, oh, no. But I, I wrote, so I feel absolutely vindicated. This sounded like weird Bon Jovi and I was not happy about it. <laughs> and now <laughs> so, I know why. Now I know why. And, and yeah, as we've mentioned before, Fran and I have recorded a Bon Jovi episode where I honestly thought I was losing my mind because I wasn't sure whether our guest had picked the Bon Jovi songs because he liked them or because he didn't like them. And I was like, please God, let it be that he doesn't like them. I really didn't like this. I thought it was very syrupy pop rock. For me, one of the representations of kind of the, the worst side of American boy bands. Um, I didn't watch, I hadn't even heard of making a band. Was it on a cable channel, I'm guessing? MTV, was it? And this time I only had channels one to four because I was in the Southeast, so channel five, not even. Maybe would, would the relationship of seeing them on that reality TV show kind of make you appreciate it a bit more, do you think? Or... 
is it just we have different tastes? <laughs> I didn't see the show. I've never, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, so okay. Really the, the songs that came before it, but then this one is a standout. And now I know I was wrong. <laughs> no, okay. it's okay. It's okay, Dan. Different opinions, different opinions. Did you listen to any other songs, uh, Babs, by Otis? I was not inclined to, but uh, where, where should I go next if I, if I dip my toe back in? Well, All or Nothing, I think, was the biggest selling single, so give it a try. Although it's a ballad, so you... Yeah, mm. maybe, let's, let's give it a miss. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated. So my next track is Bugs by Hepburn. When I picked it, I then realised, I was like, is this is this a girl band? Is this not? And thankfully, that was the tension that happened when this band came out, and that's what all the writers were saying. So I picked it because um, I think this was before I got into any kind of indie rock, and it was a very good gateway song. Um, their biggest hit was I Quit, which was on the Buffy soundtrack. Really don't, I don't like that song. It's a bit sort of whiny. But this one, I again have on CD single, and I remember listening to it as a kid being like oh like this is deep like bugs on the windshield yeah and yeah reading about them they're quite interesting so some articles were saying of all girl bands Hepburn appear least manufactured and most likely to succeed FHM wrote about them saying it's playtime a girl band that doesn't do jerky dance routines and can play their instruments here comes Hepburn so definitely another band with a lot of promise that didn't materialize and I found this incredibly unpleasant NME article about their debut album, which was just, you know, like this, there's snark in them, there's just kind of cruel. And it was really like, oh, who made this? This is absolute bullshit uh, sort of thing. And yeah, I thought they deserved a bit more love and a bit more recognition. And uh, and yeah, I'd be interested to hear if you agree. 100% agree. I think Hepburn were amazing. And again, I guess for a lot of people, it was like, yeah, the, the gateway from pop, or girl bands into something else, something more mature, something rockier. Uh, I think probably the same for me. I love this track. I loved Deep Deep Down as well, was it? The one that came before or after? I agree, I Quit was a little bit whiny. I think that was a good choice for the first single, but but not mm. the best. But this, yeah, it felt, it's even just the fact that, a, if you can call them a girl band, because you know, obviously they mm. did their instruments, but they were a girl band. Just the fact that they had a track called Bugs and about Bugs on the Windshield, it just was, different and evocative and... right yeah it's about time isn't it guys <laughs> i mean yeah i love uh, hepburn and again i have no idea why they weren't a big hit it reminds me of natalie brugler if it was a band that makes any sense yeah it totally uh, does yeah. and i can see what that's why they were signed did you mean that they've had three different drummers there were some spawn and tap for drummers <laughs> it's like i don't know how that's happened but um yeah the only thing i think of is that they were kind of like Two indie four girl band, two indie four girl band, sort of like they fell between the two. That makes sense as to why mm-hmm. they would struggle to get an audience. I guess if they came out later on during the McFly era when people, when pop bands were playing their own instruments, they would be given a bit more love, I guess. Yeah. yeah, honestly, that 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 enemy article, it was so shocking because it really reminded me of how tribal music was back in the day in a way that it just isn't these days who gives a shit what genre you are or or how manufactured you are and I thought well you know if that's the case then no one's giving them the chance like the enemy's not giving them the chance but yeah maybe smash hits isn't giving them the chance either so so yeah maybe that was it and yeah the enemy they love giving like someone a naught out of 10 every few months just to get some press about how naughty they are do you know what I mean bless him (laughs) and then his dad wrote into the (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know this story. Oh, really? Dan, take it away. 
<laughs> well, yeah, so they gave, I think it was the second album, gave it zero out of 10. And I, I don't know if he wrote into them or if he actually called their officers to tell them off because it, I mean, it was an overly harsh review for the point of giving yeah. it zero and just to get some, I guess, some press for themselves. Um, but I love that his dad had his back. That's cute. That is the thing we say, isn't it? Like with social media, fans no longer need to rely on an enemy review because they tend to have more fans than the enemy these days. So it doesn't mean anything anymore. Underrated. Maybe save the best for the last. I'm not sure. But so this is Spice Girls with headlines, brackets, friendship never ends. Now I love Spice Girls. Spice Girls are one of my favorite bands of all time. And when I think about Spice Girls, there's just so much, I guess, nostalgia. They were the first bands that I was mad about. I had, I had posters of theirs. I can't even talk about them without, you know, welling up. <laughs> posters everywhere, all the, the photo books, everything. And I think, you know, we've talked about a few of the girl bands who didn't make it. I think the reason, they, there's a big reason they made it. They were authentic. And of course, they did write or co-write all their own stuff. This song, Headlines, this was the new song on a Greatest Hits when they got back together in 2006, 2007 for the Return of the Spice Girls tour. Uh, it was their first single for seven years. It was the first with Jerry Hallowell for almost a decade. And in terms of Spice Girls songs, it bombed. It got to number 11 on the charts. And I think it's even the girls have kind of shunned it off because they didn't include it last year. No, two years ago on their Spice World 2019 tour. And I just kind of don't get it because it's, it's still written by them. It's written with Bifco, who wrote all their biggest hits, Two Become One and Wannabe. And I get that it's not the same as some of their earlier stuff, but of course, a few a few years have passed. But I still think it's a great pop ballad and a great Spice song. So this is the one that I'm most apprehensive about finding out what you two think about it. I remember working at um, Zavi, I think it was in that year, and they'd always put like the big single by Batil, thinking everyone would be buying it. And that one did not move. Like the stack was always the same. I'll be dust, dusting off the Spice Girls singles in the morning, thinking, oh, wow, Spice Girls are not the band they were 10 years ago. I completely forgot about the song. Personally, apart from Viva Forever, I prefer the uh, sunny dance uh, version of the Spice Girls. Um, so I wasn't a big fan of the ballads. It's fine. I don't hate it. Don't love it. It's sort of like, you know, swims between the two for me. Babs? I want to start by saying that the Spice Girls debut album is amazing and I love every single song on that album and I was how old was I nine years old when Wannabe came out uh so prime Spice Girls Target I had the photo albums we did the dance routines the whole the whole shebang I was really surprised that you picked this song as the the underrated Spice Girls song I guess it is an underrated Spice Girls song because it wasn't as big I do like some of the Spice Girls ballads. I do like a bit of Two Become One, but this for me, I wrote down, and I'm sorry, Dan, I wrote that it feels like a mid-ranking Eurovision ballad. <laughs> like, I just- Which, I, which country? <laughs> uh, UK. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Again, you know, it's the last song. So I was thinking like, is it the, the meaning the meaning behind it because it was the song that they they did for the greatest hits uh because yeah i i can appreciate it for the nostalgia but musically it, it didn't really do it for me i'm sorry I, but then that's okay um <laughs> i think actually i've just remembered that i think part of the reason why i didn't do very well is that i think the greatest hits with this song came out before this was released as a single which is just who like who made that decision that is such mm, a that's weird yeah 
uh, especially as it was it was for children in need as well so they weren't really thinking about the money for putty mm. either what what the b-side then the beast i don't was it voodoo because there was another new song at the time called voodoo that's not underrated that's terrible that's a really bad <laughs> don't listen to me do you think that they were ever record again the spice girls or was that it for them so weirdly i just this week i saw an interview with melanie c and yes, she i saw it too yeah and I think normally she's been like, no, it's that time has passed and uh, it wouldn't be right. And she's focusing on writing solo. But she seems to be urging towards like, never say never. You know, if it happens, it happens. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Did, did you also read that interview? Because it's 25 years since Wannabe died. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are old. Um, <laughs> yeah, that really that really took me by surprise when, when I read that. Yeah, it, it sounds like they, she didn't want to say anything that could be kind of misquoted of like it's happening and i i read i think i feel like i don't know on like some kind of daily mail daily mail sidebar of shame or something like that equivalent of like victoria beckham is thinking potentially about coming back to to the spice girls i mean it's lockdown right like we 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 all have to get money where we can <laughs> i'd be very intrigued to see what they do if they if they do new things if they're gonna kind of stick to the kind of music that they were making in the in the early noughties or kind of try and I don't know, make something like trap or something, some other genre, or go go down the Billy Eilish route or something like that. I don't know. I'd be very intrigued to see what they do. I mean, there's a massive hole for a girl band, isn't there, in the pop market? Yeah, you're right. Little Mix, obviously, losing a member. Is that going to be the end of them? They say not, but they all said that. <laughs> go on, Spice Girls. I mean, I've never seen you live. It's been 25 years. Just, I don't want to be surrounded by people doing the dance routine to stop for just once in my life. It's a moment. It's brilliant. <laughs> Have you seen them live, Dan? Yeah, so uh, very proud to say I've been to, oh, no, not all of their tours, actually. I've been to, I saw them back in the day, I think it was 98, when, but after Jerry had left, sadly, she was my favourite, so I was very upset about that. Then saw them on the Return of the Spy Skills tour, and then saw them last year, and uh, I would absolutely go and see them again. It's just so much fun. And yeah, it's, it's just so much nostalgia, but weirdly not in a sad pathetic way like it can be for some other <laughs> fans it's just a really like celebratory thing and and I think because they are so big and they've got such a big legacy behind them they can do the show like you know they've got a lot of money behind them so the show is phenomenal as well underrated so this I listen guys I know it's a wild card it's like I surprised myself by by including this but I think I included it because I'd also forgotten about them and I was like, oh yeah, like I see what they're trying to do here. So it's Telefunkin by Entice featuring Phoebe One, the first of the Phoebes. <laughs> so again, where did I have to go to to find some information? That's correct, rare and obscuremusic.wordpress.org <laughs> to, to find out where I found out that they were one of the opening acts for NSYNC in, uh, in 1998, which, uh, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me in terms of kind of like musical similarities, but it, you know, it surprised me that they did that in the first place. And yeah, they had, again, a bit like Fizz, four hit singles. I think uh, the most famous one was called Hey DJ, and that was on Now 37. So I remember that well. This song, I was trying to remember how I found out about it, because I don't think it was on a Now compilation. So no idea how I heard about it, but I like it. I, I think I have a bit of a thing about songs about telephones, because, you know, this is very similar to Booty Call by All Saints, where there's a lot of telephone and 
uh, whereas here it's Telefunken. And I just, yeah, I thought it was catchy and clever and I, I enjoyed the phone sounds. I enjoyed the male voice that kind of comes in every now and again. They've got decent harmonies. But yeah, finding out how they disbanded is, was difficult. But I think you might enjoy this, Dan, as a Jerry Hallowell fan. <laughs> the, the, I found another blog called Can't Stop the Pop. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of it. But it says, the internet is remarkably scarce on details about Ario, Chantal, Donna and Michelle, the four members of the band. Perhaps their most high profile exposure came in Jerry Hallowell's autobiography when she stayed in a hotel owned by Chantal's father and complimented him on his hospitality. Seriously. <laughs> so <laughs> that is... Pretty, pretty much what I can find. They're going to shift themselves now after that. <laughs> but yeah, again, as they were, I, I, again, I have no idea if they were a manufactured pop band or they were friends from school. Same with Fizz. I don't know how they were put together and I don't know how they came apart. But I'm guessing because their album, All Day Every Day, only reached 44 in the album charts. Well, that's not very high and they were probably dropped where they're there. Dan, did you uh, enjoy some telefunking? I, uh, well, sorry for, I was just turning around then because I have got Jerry Hallowell's autobiography somewhere, <laughs> not on the, uh, so I'm afraid. So you can go in uh, and cross-check it in the page, yeah. Just to make sure, yeah, the facts are right there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, please, please. I can I'll super find out where that hotel was. <laughs> uh, and well, visit it and take a photo. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and maybe meet one of Entice. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? The dream. Um, the song, this is probably the, uh, yeah, maybe the only one where I would say, yeah, I'm not sure about underrated because it just didn't, yeah, didn't really go anywhere for me. I was, I was looking at, just now, I was looking at the rest of their songs and they had a song called Boom Boom. And I'm wondering, there's definitely one of theirs that I do remember as more upbeat um, that I think I prefer to this. Yeah, it's just, again, I think there was, at this time, there was a post Bias Girls, loads of girl bands, some trying to do different things. Yeah, I just, I just feel like it just, it's not, it wasn't memorable enough, I suppose, for me. I apologise for... Yeah, absolutely fair enough. That's yeah. fine. I feel like they are kind of like an All Saints wannabe, even like, as you said, Bootical. Cool. We've yeah. got Telefunking. They're the same sort of like... It just, it just makes me laugh. I can't help it. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's phones. There's a man. I love it. I, I, I don't... I, yeah, yeah. Have anyway. you heard my, my next single, Zoom Funking? <laughs> Zoom month. Funking. It's, 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 uh, it's a banger. On all good streaming platforms. <laughs> yeah, I prefer Boom Boom as well, Dan. It's a far oh. better single. Um, Never heard of them until today. I checked out the tracks. And Have you not got an R37? Come on. I, uh, I mean, I've probably heard it at work. But yeah, it's kind of like uh, All Saints wannabe, unfortunately. And that wraps up our under it tracks. But Dan, is there any other bands you would like to mention or songs you didn't have time or to put on the playlist? Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I was struggling to whittle down particularly the underrated so off the top of my head, the couple that I did take off, and apologies to these, one was um, The Bangles, something that you said, their big comeback track from, I think, like 2001 or something. And the other one was Thunderbugs, It's About Time That You Were Mine, which they were another like instrument-based uh, girl band. And this was their second single, and it got to, I think, like 41. And this was in the last week of 1999, which apparently there was more singles released than ever before. And so, so many songs didn't make the top 40. I think if you like Hepburn, please go listen to that song. It's, and it's, it's got bugs in the title as well. So perfect, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you, Bells? 
I'm so glad you, you brought that up because one one that I absolutely did want to include, but I, I didn't because it's not on Spotify, is Run For Your Life by Northern Line, um, which I had completely, I was like, Northern Line, they had that song that I like, well, firstly, I couldn't remember Northern Line's name, so I literally had to go, Ziggy from Big Brother, what was the band, like, it, it took it took a, a minute, but Run For Your Life is extremely catchy and uh, would have definitely been in my underrated. I would have mentioned email. Anyone? Remember email? email? Is that the band or the song? The, Hang the on, band, actually, friend. The band did, did, and the song, and guys, they rotoscated. I mean, what more do you want? Did was the A an at? Oh, of course it was. Okay. Of course it was. Then they, then yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look them up now because there is a YouTube video of uh, email, and it is hilarious. Yeah, I took a step back this time, guys. But um, it's sad that we haven't mentioned Backstreet Boys, E17, and one of my favorite bands, The Wanted. Really. I do like Lightning by the Wanted guys. <laughs> Not a fan of the Wanted. Dan? I like Glad You Came. Yeah. And I like the other one that was like that and released around the same time that had a Chasing the Sun. Um, I like those two. Oh, damn it. So I'm, I'm happy my heart wasn't broken on there. Yeah. So thank you, Dan, for being our guest and spending time with us chatting about pop music. Do you have anything you'd like to plug to our listeners? I absolutely would. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. I love chatting about pop music. And yes, uh, I do it every week, pretty much on Track by Track, which is a podcast where each week we take a, we, we say a great British, uh, sorry, a great pop album. I don't know why I said British. I've gone all, <laughs> we take a great pop album and break it down. That's where it came from. Uh, track by Track. Um, and then once a month, we do a new music drop where we talk about what we think is the best new music. So it was great to do today because this was obviously very girl band, boy band. We do that on Track by Track, but we do also some like Pet Shop Boys, Duran Duran, that kind of thing, Fat Boy Slim, whatever. So um, I had a lot of fun today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I personally enjoyed the Bravery episode of yours. Thank you very much. Underrated. Oh, Bravery, is it their debut album? Oh, I'm going to go and listen to that afterwards. Yeah, I've, I've only listened to your Girls Aloud episode, which I really enjoyed, but I will definitely be listening to more. I really recommend checking it out. Very nostalgic. And uh, yeah, thank you, Dan, for being so friendly. I, you know, normally like I, I, I sometimes go in a bit, especially on friend, but I was like, no, Dan, Dan's nice, even when, you know, I'm not being so nice about his picks. I, I feel guilty about it. So thank you. Thank you for being a great guest. Bye. 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 Sous-évalué. Over underrated. Sopra sottovalutato. Calcula. Over underrated. And that's all, folks. I hope you enjoyed our pop special. So many more bands we have to talk about. Maybe another time, and maybe get Dan back for some more because he was a great guest. If you want to talk to us on social media, we are on there too. Goodness me. We are on Instagram at over underrated music pod. We're on the Twitter at OU Music Pod. And you can email us at over underrated music pod at gmail.com if you are on email writers. I hope you'll subscribe, like, and review. And have a great time, whatever you're doing next. Ta ta!